Hi, Broadway fans. We're back for another week with Broadway Breakdown. This time we're discussing the Rocky Horror Picture Show. I know you're ready to get started. I can see you quiver with Antissa. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. And now, here's Popcorn Talk's Broadway Breakdown. Patient! Patient. Sorry. Good job, Brad. Good job. Patient. Hi. Always Brad. Remember, I'm an asshole. asshole, Yeah, uh, for real. I thought it would be good to do late. That was my plan. (laughs) Hi, everybody. Welcome to Broadway Breakdown for our second Rocky Horror discussion. This time we're talking the film, The Rocky Horror Picture Show, not to be confused with The Rocky Horror Show. Um, I am always is, am your host, Brianna Phipps. You can find me, bphipps14, on Instagram and Twitter. And to my left, I have my lovely Brad Majors joining me. How are you? Nice to meet you. Brad Majors. And where can they find you, Brad Majors? At Christian DMZ. Also, my name's actually Christian Bell. And then, of course, we have our lovely... <laughs> you can't not do it when yeah. you hear it. It's just, it's just, just my blood. It just happens. It just this takes happens. over the body. Well, where can they find you, Parker? You can find me on Twitter uh, at Jimbo in the booth. My name is James Frank, and we're ready to talk Rocky Horror. And Magenta's out of the booth, and where can they find you, Magenta? Yes, for once. Uh, <laughs> I'm Alexis Torres. You can find me all over social media, and where all shenanigans will ensue at Torres 890 It's your part singing I'm as not, you were talking. It was so perfect. One, I know. I was going to start singing it, and I was like, nope, that's going to mess up my whole intro. Don't do it. Don't do it. Um, thank you guys for joining us. Um, before we get started, we're going to start with our Broadway news for the week. As always, it's brought to us by BroadwayWorld.com and Robert Diamond. Uh, so first up, we keep talking about this, and I know you, um, Christian and James, you aren't normally on our show, but we always keep talking about how they are filming more and more Broadway shows I'm so to go live, yeah. and they're continuing this. They're actually going to join. Uh, Fathom Events is joining with uh, Broadway HD, which was filming them and putting them online and now they're going to start putting them for one day in the theater for people to go see which if you watch oh, wow. a theater show you should probably be on a big screen it's That's probably awesome. better yeah no no i mean uh, fathom events does all sort of things things like that and uh, i did read about this and i know that they're doing the the george takei musical he did about japanese internment camps yep. and that's going to be one wow. of them and mm-hmm. uh, yeah so i think it's great because a lot of people live places where they're not going to obviously get any clo- anywhere close to broadway and maybe touring companies don't even come to their town so mm-hmm. it's great yeah. Um, and the first show they're going to do is She Loves Me, which um, was going to be their first, I believe was their first one that they did on Broadway HQ, too. Mm-hmm. So they're going to take that version. They're going to put it. It's going to go uh, on December 1st at 7 p.m. It will be on in cinemas. It's only for one day. Um, so you have to get your tickets. It's going to be in 500 different theaters. Uh, and you can buy the tickets at fathomevents.com or participating box offices. And you can also go there to find out if there's a theater near you that is going to have it. So check that out and keep supporting the theater in this way because I think this is a really, really, really great way for people that don't have access to theater to be able to watch it. Um, So we're going to jump forward right into the show, guys, and we are going to talk about... Let's start with the cast. Sure. With a film like this, I feel like we need to start with the cast. Uh, So Tim Curry... (laughs) (laughs) Frankenfurter, original Frankenfurter. Yeah. Oh, uh, what what do you guys think makes him so iconic in this role? What makes you think that him doing this role takes it another step further than anybody else that has played this role? Oh. I think he was just really into it, which I think is is awesome because I, I feel like when I told people that Tim Curry was in this film, they were thinking of this like stout 
kind of like how he usually is where but he's also still a sassy person i think he just brought it up 20 30 notches up i feel and from the theater show i i I don't know i just think that he just envelops the character so well that i can't really see anybody else playing it now because of the movie right and you'll read in it there's an interview that i read where when it started on you know started on stage he did it with a german accent and Mm -hmm. then he heard somebody and he's like no no no, he needs to kind of sound like the queen yep and it's it's like yeah so he was really thinking about what makes this character and yeah it's like i've seen i've seen stage versions i've seen other film versions and you know people have been very good in the role but it's always anytime you know i got the chance to sit down and watch this movie again for the first time in a while and I'm like oh yeah right he's perfect other people are good Mm -hmm. but he's the only one who I would say is perfect for the role yeah like I love the uh, I love the like little uh, facial expressions that he throws like when he goes when you're both you know you you guys both look kind of groovy like he like in the live version and sometimes the theater version they don't really have a face after but if you really pay attention to him Curry kind of has like a kind of face <laughs> where he's like I actually didn't believe what I just said but it's okay but like he he does little <laughs> things like that that people might yeah, not like notice. there's a great face that goes with in Sweet Transvestite you know how about that you know yeah. there's like a little yeah. yeah and he has like little eyebrows that come like he just he really put a lot of effort into it and I thought that was awesome so. Yeah, I think he just owned the character for yeah. sure and made it his own. And like, like, like you guys said, like he's the first end all be all, and like everyone will always be compared to him because he's just the man in it. And it was the first time me being so young, like, because I'm 31, so this was like long before my time, but I still like grew up watching it. And this was the first time I watched it from like a filmmaker aspect to see like that stuff. But he definitely was the first person I'd seen like wear women's clothing and like paint <laughs> his face and like be flamboyant like that. Like, and I've watched a lot of wrestling, so I've seen like hints of it. But he was like <laughs> over the top with it, and it was just great. He just owned the character for sure. I think my mom put it best, and it made sense. Like, it clicked in my head the minute she said it, and she said that he kind of acts in film as he acts on stage. Like, yeah. he, you still see a theater actor. He's breaking the fourth wall. He's doing little things that you would do in theater to kind of bring attention to you, which Frankenford would always want attention brought to him. I mean, come on, he's the biggest queen dream <laughs> of them all. Yeah, no, exactly. Uh, so, yeah, I think he just, like you guys all said, he owned this part. It was his part to do. He made it up from scratch. And no matter how, like, you can watch it now and find someone and say, oh, they did a great job at that, but they're never going to be Tim Curry great. And most often, they're kind of doing an impression of Tim Curry. You kind of feel that a little bit. No matter how much they try, they still... Or or if they don't do an impression, you're like... Well, they should have done an impression. They should have been like Tim Curry. (laughs) (laughs) We're just never happy. No. Um, So it's moving on to the two straight people of the... Or not straight, I guess that's a weird thing to say. Well, no, when like, when it's, when straight lace. The two square people. Yeah. The two squares of the group. Um, Susan Sarandon, Barry Boswick, um, they were brought in because the studio actually wanted two Americans in this movie. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, what did you guys think of the performance? Like, this is... Is this Susan Sarandon's... If it's not her first role, it was one of her... It was her... I think it's her first I major first role. First major role. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, I think that they're both great. And, you know, I saw the first time I saw it, it was in the late 80s. So she wasn't, you know, the actress she is now. But she'd already been in a lot of movies. I'm like, well, she's just wandering around in her underwear. I want to know more about this. <laughs> and, uh, you know, obviously Barry Bosick went on to do Spin City. But this is they're so great at that age that they are. And I, what it, it was filmed in 1974. They were perfect for these two parts. And, uh, you know, I just think that you have to go all in if you're in this movie. Yeah. And I think that they both did. And uh, both uh, Brad, a.k.a. Asshole, and Janet, <laughs> a.k.a. Slot, they're both great. <laughs> oh, my God. I would like, <laughs> if I may, <laughs> um, <laughs> to take you 
on a string. I think. I think uh, Brad, much like Tim Curry, definitely owns his character. Yes. Like, his mannerisms of, like, when he gets upset and he takes his glasses off <laughs> and just, like, <laughs> and then he puts them right back on. Jerky, jerky, stiff. Yeah. Uh, All we uh, wanted to do was use your telephone and he, like, takes his glasses off and puts them right back on. A reasonable request. Yeah, like, but I also like that, like, <laughs> Janet's just kind of like, oh, my God, Brad. Like, it just seems like she's just, like, she's just screaming and fainting That's, half the like, time. That's, like, the entire thing, and I love and, that. And, and how clearly she's just, like, she, I'm just Scared. Like, Janet clearly just likes anyone who pays attention to her. Oh, yep. yeah. <laughs> Dr. Frankenfurter, Rocky, anyone. She's yeah. like, oh my God. Oh. Yeah. The One of my favorite parts, and it's because, and like, I don't know if it was meant to come off in this way, but as I watch it, it's how I, I saw it in my head as a 14 year old watching this film. But when they're singing their song, um, oh, God. Damn It, Janet, and they're walking down the aisle, and she's all like, oh, Brad. Yeah. And he's like, oh, Damn it. Yeah. <laughs> like, I just seem to be like, I'm in a terrible mistake. <laughs> Which by the end of the film, I mean, you know, maybe maybe not the best person to be I'll engaged to. I also love in that song, she's like, it's bigger than the one Betty Monroe had. You yeah, know, she, like, she, she's just like so concerned about well, that's what yeah. Yeah, 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 she's, yeah. she's yeah. not concerned about the relationship. Yeah. She's just concerned about putting the ring on uh, it. Uh, yeah. I believe I'm the only one here who's ever actually purchased an engagement ring. And yes, there's no? a little... You you bought Boom. oh well, I didn't She's I know you had the couch no, I, I, oh. I bought I bought mine for my, my right. fiance but already. anyway it doesn't have to be bigger than the, but it's like you know it has to be uh, you haven't met my fiance he wants his diamond huge <laughs> I love that it must be bigger than mine that's yeah. what he said Excellent. it must be bigger than Alexis Torres had no it's true yeah. I'm working on it uh, for working. me it was always just really really weird watching Susan Sarand in this role because I grew up with her and like um stepmom yep. oh, and the client yes oh man <laughs> like I, there's so many movies in my childhood she was in then to see her like prancing around her underwear and having sex with multiple men and oh, it was beautiful yeah. though I was like whoa you're always such like <laughs> a very like vanilla person no, yeah <laughs> yeah I guess that would be the right word I don't know that's what that's how my dad describes it so um I'm also going to loop these next three people together because they were all three in the original play as well and they mm-hmm. kind of fit together. So we have Richard O'Brien playing Riff Raff who also wrote and directed the show, uh, original show. Uh, and then we have Patricia Quinn and Nell Campbell playing Magenta in Columbia. So all of them came from London back into the United States to do the movie, which I thought was a really cool thing. I always like when people bring like that theater aspect and pay tribute to it. And they're like the farmer... The, oh. And the three in the mm-hmm. beginning, right? Yeah, While they're yeah. singing Actually that song. At the yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah okay. Which is great. It's a nice little touch. Yeah, yeah. Nice way to add that in there. <laughs> I think they're all fantastic. Riff Raff is amazing, and he was always my favorite character of the whole. Well, that's. Film. I think that's what bugged me about the Fox one is that the guy was like trying to be Riff Raff, like trying to be Richard it, O'Brien's Riff Raff. Yeah, uh-huh. he. I thought he was. A, he was a bad, like a like a, a knockoff of Richard O'Brien, and uh, I. Yeah, I was very disappointed. Actually, that was what bothered me the most. I was talking to Bree about. That's how I ended up here. Is I, was, <laughs> I was going on and on about how it's much like, I yeah, didn't like the Fox one. More. Just let's go so, in the studio and talk yeah, about it. Right, I got to again. And I happened to be wearing my uh, my asshole costume. So <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, no, he's great. Uh, he Richard O'Brien. It's so good, and obviously both uh, Patricia and Nell are. But you just you see like how proud he is of this. Like, cause you know, he'll show up in stage versions sometimes mm-hmm. that you'll see, and he's just to have this legacy. And when he's there as Riff Raff, you're you know you're like, 
this is what I want. You know, this is it, it's really why so many of the people that are in the movie, it's like, oh, they're perfect. I mm-hmm. can't imagine somebody else uh, playing them. You know. Also, Richard O'Brien's voice, I think, is also really iconic. So it's really hard for like most people to try to be riffraff and try to hit those crazy scratchy high. Which notes. is why people just played, I think, more rocker. Yeah. Than anything in the other productions I've seen. Like, yeah, and I was very confused because the way that they started time warp with on the Fox show it oh, sounded yeah. like it was a little bit of twang and I was kind of like this is this is new okay uh, yeah. I will let it go uh, sir, we have a visitor, <laughs> have a visitor. yeah but just to, to the the point about rockers uh, one of the times that I saw it on Broadway it was uh, Skid Row lead singer Sebastian Bach as wow. Riff what which was actually fantastic yeah. and Dick Cavett was a narrator it was a great staging of it but oh, uh, you, you lucky know, son of a gun that's what happens when you're really old and you lived in New York it was actually that was 2001 I think so it wasn't uh, I wouldn't quite. be able to go yeah I know I'm just saying I think that's the year I saw the movie probably yeah and I don't think here. my parents knew I saw the movie no we saw it at, I, at, at school <laughs> what oh yeah at no. school yep. our theater teacher was like you guys don't know anything about theater watch this movie and I was like alright <laughs> now I know everything a, about the parent release form nope <laughs> and I was like I think like it was like it was an after, yeah. school, after school thing uh, so that's yeah. even worse kind mm-hmm. of, that it's after school I'm gonna take these children and show them yeah Fornication. Yep, it was hysterical. <laughs> oh man, uh, Magenta also. I think Patricia Quinn just plays that role so well. She's so good. She like is the only one that has like this Transylvanian accent. <laughs> it's so oh, hard man. to do because I had to do the. I, we got to do one. At, I got to audition for Magenta at a college when I was in high school, and I couldn't. I couldn't do. It. They're like, just be British. It's fine. And I was like, that's not the role, but that's okay because we're a bunch of college high school students that don't know what they're doing. So, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> She just kind of has this laissez-faire attitude, too, when she's, like, sliding down the thing, he's lucky, she's lucky, we're all lucky. Like, she just is like, I don't care. <laughs> like, she's here. sedated? Yeah, kind of. The entire time. The entire time. Yeah. <laughs> like her she's lips good. are in the beginning, yeah. right? it's her yeah. lips and Richard O'Brien's voice. Okay. But she didn't like, want to do the movie because on the stage version, she had sang it, and when mm-hmm. she found out Richard O'Brien's like, no, I'm going to sing in the movie, she allegedly didn't initially want to do the movie. But I, I think we're all lucky that it worked out. Oh, the way we're God. lucky. He's, He's lucky. lucky. I'm all lucky. <laughs> um, and then Nell Campbell, too. I mean, oh, yeah. oh, she's adorable. She's adorable. She has her like little like Mary Jane almost tap shoes on. Yeah. Um, and it's always funny for me because she's the one person in the entire show whose nipples constantly are coming out of her costume. <laughs> yeah, I was like, what's going on with this corset that she's got going on here? <laughs> Sorry, Christian, did you Is there a that? problem about this? No, no, I'm just like, I'm waiting for what's wrong about this. No, there's, there's nothing, nothing wrong. wrong. Oh, okay. I just, I I just don't understand. It's just because like, she, she's like the only one. one. Well, we do see so a lot I was of... Like, I was wondering if that was accident or was it like, we, no, I want my We do see show. a lot of Brad's nipples during the floor show. That is true. But apart from that, you're right, yeah. Also, Tim Curry's nipples, like, I think his corset started down here. Right here. Yeah. There's like one size fits all corset. Production, you know, we just gotta go with it. Small budget. Too bad that they didn't put meatloaf in one. I would have liked oh, to Oh man, I would have loved that. See, <laughs> that would have been an interesting corset to see. Hey man, I think like it would have worked. I feel like there had to be a leather corset if it was maybe like, yeah. like the switch that they throw to turn them into statues. Like they hit it in Columbia and meatloaf switched costumes. Yes, I would have loved that. Would have been like that's in the bloopers somewhere. <laughs> Going off of that, Milo playing Eddie. 
Oh, he played it another on Broadway role. in the original. Yes. Another role you can't see anybody else in. Yeah, because it's 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 really hard for me to see anybody else's Eddie. But I love it because he was also in the Tenacious D film, and he was like, "Oh, Rock is the devil." And I'm like, hey, "You were <laughs> you were like the epitome of Rock back in the '80s." But okay, <laughs> so I, I just know. love his like zombiness. Him coming out of the ice cooler mm-hmm. with this huge scar, zombied eyes, because half his brain's missing. Yeah, yeah, he can still ride a motorcycle. And he can sing. He sing can his sing. little heart I always out. see that as like he's zombie Elvis, you know. I mean, and and he's just he's the coolest guy in the room, even though he's already dead. And he's yeah. you know, he which has I talked about it last week. Allegedly, Elvis saw the show in L.A. before it went to Broadway, and then wanted to play it on Broadway. And Milo was like, "No, that's my role." <laughs> that's my role. Did you talk about how uh, Mick Jagger wanted to play Frankenfurter in no. the film? Yeah, yeah. And uh, Richard O'Brien just really wanted Tim Curry to do it. And no, that, I mean Tim Curry. That, I'm that, so that, glad that that, that made like, the budget a little smaller because uh, yeah, if, you, you, got Mick if Jagger, you got Mick Jagger well, that's yeah. it and I love Everybody's Rolling Stones would be but I, I can't imagine what that would have been there'd be like. no corsets yeah. <laughs> there would have been a lot of duck face going on yeah <laughs> oh gosh it's true. <laughs> it's true I can see Mick Jagger doing the lips in the beginning oh that would have <laughs> that, that, that actually would have been really cool yeah. I would have been okay with that um, but that would have been the entire budget <laughs> <laughs> so then we also have Peter Hinwood played Rocky Horror while Trevor White played the voice so we talked a little bit about in the play, Rocky talks a lot more sure. than he yeah. does in the film. Yeah. And part of it could be that this actor they hired didn't speak English. I was what so I was assuming. So he cause... didn't want to talk. Yeah. So they hired somebody to do the voice and he just mouthed the words. But in my brain, I'm going, if you, well, I guess it's harder to actually speak it than to actually just kind of mouth the words. I mean, but he also, Rocky didn't really. Maybe, or talk maybe that he was afraid, he didn't want his accent. Maybe he was like, I don't, yeah. I don't know the exact reasons. Yeah, yeah, no, my understanding is that they filmed him saying lines and then they just cut them all out because they just, he was it's, so bad and then they just looped in the singing voice. Oh, that, yeah. that would make sense. I yeah. can see that. Because, I mean, they did the same thing with Cats, um, the actual, like, the film version that they did because a few of the dancers had heavy accents and they couldn't sing. So, like, for um, Mungo Jerry and Rumple Teaser, they put in American voices for that, or British voices for that, so. Uh, but you know what? All that matters for Peter Henwood is how he looks in that uh, golden I mean, mirror. yeah, there's only <laughs> one person. So, actually doesn't matter so disappointing about the Fox one where he was wearing basketball shorts. Yeah, so I was like, like, what is this madness? Yeah. Where no, is my he has one Peter? purpose. His one purpose is to be a sex toy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. So don't You've been it, created for this. The, and only this. <laughs> the least amount of tension. clothes that you can be wearing. Yeah, that is all that it matters. Yeah, that was it. I was uh, upset. And then usually, in the play, uh, Everett Scott is also the same person that plays mm-hmm. Eddie because Eddie is dead by that time. Um, but in the movie, obviously, that would have been more confusing. That would yes. be great if been... Meatloaf played. It, have, <laughs> it might have been great, that, but yeah. it, but like when you translate into film, like people like can see better in yeah. film. Oh wow, also true. Uh, <laughs> so we had Jonathan Adams who did an amazing job as this German. Dr. Scott with his little fishnets. <laughs> his wheelchair. Yeah. And his that, wheelchair. That's still my favorite part. It was what he just reveals that he's wearing yeah. fishnets. I was like... And yeah. when he lifts his leg up and he's just like... Ooh. When he starts hitting uh, them again. Yeah. yeah. That's oh, a good yeah, move. That's classic. It's so yeah. good. Um, I love that when they do the statue part with all of them, with him, the, the, the uh, blanket stays. They're like, no, we're not going to do that. <laughs> yeah. oh. We're not going to show the... The handicapped man's wiener. <laughs> yeah, that would have been awkward. So. I wrote in my notes, what do you think happened to all those statues and all those props? I like to imagine that each actor took them home with them and it's in their house somewhere. I would hope I would so, too. I really hope so. That, that would be awesome. Or maybe Tim Curry has all of that. them. That would be crazy. <laughs> that would even be better. I would be okay with that. 
I wonder if there, if Richard O'Brien has like a warehouse of of any props and stuff from that. I mean, he would be the oh, one I'm that sure. makes sense that would have it. But uh, unfortunately, what usually happens with iconic beloved movies is you know it all got thrown out and smashed up or so. sold at auction. Yeah, right. there's probably a bunch of fans that spent a ton I, of money on I, those. I, I did read that uh, the Rocky. The Peter Hinwood, he sold those uh, those tights for a thousand dollars, and I'm like, only a thousand dollars? You know, I don't know when he sold them, but uh, you know, I, I <laughs> maybe feel like just the, like the day uh, after the film came out, he's like, oh, it tanked. Let me try to get as much as I can. Try and get some yeah. money. <laughs> the ruby uh, red slippers aren't those worth like a mil? I believe so. Yeah, I'm, oh I'm god, I forgot about that. <laughs> well, there's more than one pair of those too. Yeah, one's yeah. in the Smithsonian. One's in the Smithsonian, right? and I have the other. I knew it. I no think wonder actually, you're such an asshole. Actually, I, I <laughs> yeah. think Debbie Reynolds had the other. Uh, I think you might be right. And she, I think she just recently sold. Like Now you're a lying so asshole. How dare you? <laughs> I'm just saying I have shoes. You can't see under the desk. Um, and then the last person that we have to talk about, of course, is the criminologist, played by Charles Gray. So He's just so perfect. Yeah, he's, he's just, just like, he's, like you no could picture him being a professor, and I'd be like, they took someone from a school and put them in his chair. Yeah. Like, I <laughs> doubt that in the script it said, I would like beat if I met. Like, he just was like, like I'm going to tell you a story here, you know? And so, like, right away, the way he just dives into it, um, you know, there, and I've seen some great uh, criminologists and other productions. Uh, he, he's just very comfortable with him telling the story to us, you know. Mm-hmm. I'd seen him in James Bond movies when I was a kid. Oh, yeah. yeah. So I I'd like already say. seen him as like a kind of like. Was he evil in the James Bond movies? Pretty sure he yeah. was. I feel like he has to be. Like he yeah. was like a villain. But I, I'd like, I've seen them all, but I barely remember. As a kid, I was them. just like, oh. And then like seeing him in this, it was like related. And I'm like, oh, okay. Like. And then it wasn't like he's painted up like like I'd seen Clue, but if you would have told me like <laughs> Tim Curry, the guy, the butler in Clue is the same guy as a kid, I'd have been like, no, you're crazy. No, you're out of no. here. Stop lying to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, with, when, when I'm a kid, when I think of Tim Curry, like Clue was, I think, a little bit older. I think it was like 10. So when I was really little, it was just um, Fern Gully. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and Home Alone 2. <laughs> oh yeah! Wow, he's the manager he, like, ever. The yeah, I totally forgot about that. And Rob Schneider is just tell me you love me. Mm-hmm. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> so that was also a weird transition of <laughs> of seeing him dressed in this way. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I also like that the criminologist kind of like he he physically jumps around from the point of being like this very stern character, and all of a sudden he's jumping <laughs> he's on death. Yeah, he's just like, like super into it. Yeah, it's just it was just really cool. And then like, I got picture him just like. Fixing his tie again, and then and sitting down, cigarette and then just continue talking. <laughs> Spins the globe. Yeah. <laughs> Anytime I saw a globe, I did that. I didn't have a. I have one of those like fake the bubble gum or the chalky kid cigarettes that we we had, oh, yeah, and yeah. then I would spin the globe. And people were like, "What the hell is wrong with you?" So, no. <laughs> talking about this show, we of course also have to talk about these crazy sets, props, costumes, makeup that happened with the show. This show had a really small budget. This movie yes, being it did. made. Um, they wanted to pay this tribute to like Richard Hammond horror films, which I guess some of the props they used were from Richard Hammond horror films. Really? Oh, that's cool. Like I the Rocky, the Mummy Rocky. Mm-hmm. That was from an old horror film. What? That's and so was nuts. the tank that he was in. So I don't know. Maybe that's how they got it for cheaper. I'm not sure. Yeah, second I'm, hand. That'll help. Someone I was talking with. Someone I was like, maybe it was you. We had the, these elaborate sets, yeah. but they have such a small budget. Yeah. How do they have a swimming pool in a theater? Yeah, like that's what blew me away. Like this set is so gnarly. It's like the huge castle, a lift elevator that they use. Like, and they use their sets as much as they could. Like maxed out. Like, okay, we're shooting a ton of stuff here. 
We're going to use every single part of this. Let's use the elevator going up. Let's get a really cool shot of the elevator from this. Change the perspective, which was something I really noticed was like they use so many weird camera angles to make you feel like the crowd is like a part of the movie, which is why I think it adapted so well to being like like something people will watch in the movie theater and want to play along because they feel like they're there as part of the party with like the fourth wall breaks and like like everyone getting to shout. I, I wonder how it came along that people were starting to shout shit out and it became okay. There's there's a it, it, it was <laughs> at, yeah it was yeah. after yeah, the there's, film there's a few accounts yeah, yeah. it was that after the film failed that they kind of it's it came about that way they started putting it at midnight and then people just started doing it and then yeah. it just caught on yeah and I love how like you can actually find the script of like what you're supposed to say where yes. you're supposed to say it and all that kind of stuff I used to work at, a, at one of the theaters in the Castro that did Rocky Horror every Halloween and it's just you meet the craziest <laughs> people but you also get to meet people who've never gone and they're very respectable the to those people oh yeah I've, I've I have you know what? I'm gonna stop right there. But, like, <laughs> but it was just, it's fun. I, I was so people. close to asking Stephen to isolate what you were gonna say as a drop to nope, use. No, that's why I was like, I'm oh, just well. gonna just bring it back. But I like that it's it started such a great community, and also a lot of people who've tried to do Rocky Horror like uh, themed like parties and stuff like that have actually tried to take not stuff from the set, but try to make the the, the costume, the costume in the, and the sets and stuff it's, like in their apartments. Like I think that's cool. the costumer from the film actually said she's she kind of gives props to the film and her costuming for punk rock Mm -hmm. and what became for the style of punk rock. I mean, you can tell just from Meatloaf, well, not Meatloaf, but Eddie alone, just by the way he looks. And even when Frankenfurter, like, later on after the whole, like, sescapades with Brad and Janet, and he comes back and he's got that leather jacket jacket with all those buttons. All of those buttons. (laughs) It's just like, okay. I just... Like, the main people's costumes for me were great. Uh... The party-goer ones, I feel like they told them, go home if you have a suit, if yeah, you have just, anything weird, just, just grab yeah. it, we're out of budget. Well, yeah. apparently, the whole time warp scene, in general, is just time filler. That's exactly what that scene was for. They were just like, crap, we need to fill in like a good like five, ten minutes. Yeah. And they just decided, like, let's just do this. And they were, they, they, it was just crazy. Yeah, supposedly the first draft of the stage show was 40 minutes. Yep. So that was one of the first things that they went and added. You know, it's like the first cut of Wayne's World was like half an hour. So they're yeah. like, great, they're going to sing in a car for seven minutes. <laughs> so, I mean, it's a great way. And it's, both of those things are so memorable from the Yeah, yeah and the fact work, that the time so. warp became so huge. And they yeah. were like, we literally just wanted to use it because we needed some <laughs> time filler. But hey, if you guys love it, go for it. Yeah. It's so funny how... You always think of films having to cut stuff out to make yeah. The, yeah. the time work, not having to add something in. Like, oh, we only have a 10-minute film. Shoot. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, God, you know what? Work. Let's just throw in some sex scenes. Let's have them do a weird dance. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. We'll have make, them it make it look like work. we're having a birthday party, but in a very weird setting. Here so, we go. <laughs> sorry. Good films need to cut stuff uh, need to need to add stuff in. Bad films need to cut stuff out. Okay, I'll be it. Batman versus Superman and Suicide oh, God, Squad. Do, oh. I don't want to talk about that. But then they release the extended versions later, so you spend more money. <laughs> well, they did cut some things out of uh, Rocky Horror Picture Show, though. But, like the uh, they cut out Brad's song, which they filmed. Brad's song, and, for and they the, cut out. And the... for the United States, they cut out uh, superheroes. Yep. Yes, they did. Which and, they added back in. Thankfully, yeah, because yeah, I love that. But uh, I'm uh, I'm older than uh, everyone at the desk. I know for sure. And when I saw it, superheroes was cut out of it so you know getting to see like a, a bootleg of the British version you're like there's that song that's the, that I know is supposed to be in it so that's the Frank or that's the, the, the riff very and Magenta song the, no no uh, Super no, Rose is at, at the, the end, end where they're rolling around mm-hmm. after oh. when they're like um, it's just Brad and Janet and 
Dr. Scott laying and in the it, middle. It's oh. right before oh, yeah. the spinning oh, globe, like, actually. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they just roll around, and I, I don't know that it actually adds to the story, but I like that song so much. They probably so. Did, the they, could, did they still have the like talking part yeah. after that? It's with... a it's a really weird transition. If if you have, I think the DVDs, uh, if people believe, still buy I DVDs, believe, you can watch the there. UK or the US version, and yeah. I did uh, recently uh, accidentally watch the US one, and I'm like, oh, that's really awkward. It's, <laughs> it's just like, the song's not there, and then he's still speaking from the end of it. But uh, yeah, hmm. you should watch it. It's really it, it makes sense after you watch the UK version because there's there's a lot more fluidity into it ah. when it comes to things. Um, and I talked about this a little bit last week, but I kind of want to bring it up again. What are your guys' thoughts that they don't use any alien costumes until this very end when Riff Raff and Magenta come out and she's like Bride of Frankenstein and they're in these like corsety garter belt alien costumes? But that's they just look me. like the <laughs> the people from Futurama. <laughs> oh my god, oh my god. Tim, Tim, like people from Shut Futurama. up, James. Oh my god, you just broke my mind. Like, oh my god, I'm never gonna be able to watch Future. I'm never same. gonna yeah, that's that's it. Like, that's their outfits, but that's exactly much. what it yeah, is. Yeah, with like the weird triangle thing and then it's open. Oh my yeah. god. Next Halloween costume. Uh, so uh, so <laughs> well, they were trying to hide that they were aliens for yes. the whole yeah. Yeah. Like so I think that's part of But if you want to talk about it from a production budget standpoint, they probably are like, all right, we're going to rent two alien costumes for just one day of shooting. And, and whatever, that's what and they whatever we can did. get, that's it. Because there probably were you know, some of the more expensive uh, things to design. And it's mm-hmm. like futuristic poncho. That'll work. <laughs> I just, I'd wear it. Because <laughs> uh, we talked about like how like they come out and they're like, by the way, in case you didn't get this, we're aliens. Okay, let's go on with the movie. Uh, <laughs> but, like, part of the, me was like, you know, we already know they're aliens. Like, I felt like they were already really alien in what they were wearing before. No, but I feel like some people wouldn't have understood that. They probably just thought it was just a, as Brad would put it, that they're just foreign yeah. and there's that, like, different things. There's a lot of so. moments like, you know, who is this earthling? I yeah. mean, person. Yeah. And then he, like, yeah. hits the whip. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. He cracks yes. the whip. An excuse so to use yeah. the whip. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah, that's great. I don't know. I think from, like, uh, once I watched it all and like watching it with like a different eye, so to speak, mm-hmm. I definitely noticed like it was uh, his way of being like when you're different, you feel like an alien, which was like the big take I took away from like, yeah. the whole movie. Like the moral of the story is people <laughs> that are different feel like aliens and we should all just accept people for who they are. And like, look, even though you're a square and you might <laughs> feel different, you can still have Not fun with everybody, you yeah. know, like kind of thing. So, and I think that's exactly what the, the message ended up putting out because people get to come from all different parts of the world and life and whatever, and come and just be weird together yeah. and be accepted. So I love that. We should accept everybody. Yeah. Yes. No matter what, no matter what, the more, you know, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I want to. We're not going to get into the music too much in this because we talked about it last week, and it's pretty much the same except for the minus of Brad's song. Um, I've never heard it, Brad's song. You can go look it up. <laughs> no one cares. It's like what Bree and I have talked about since the Fox showing of it was the reason with Brad. No offense. Uh, is that I am an asshole. It's okay. He's not like he's not a character that people like. It really not like root for but he's not very memorable but the actor who played in the live show really brought the character to life and he was the most memorable out of I that. mean and so they didn't like, even have that song the, the reason I think that they cut his song out is because we already in the play they know they see Janet and Rocky having sex on the screen they're trying to find them they don't just happen upon them mm-hmm. so when they decided to have them just happen upon them for time or whatever the reasoning was that they did that it wouldn't have made sense for him to sing this song about how Janet has 
it would just taken away from the timing and pacing of the film to have him be like, oh, Janet, you've betrayed me, even though I just had sex with Frankenfurter. Yep. It was funny because I put in my notes, like, when she goes in there before she finds Rocky, like, all wounded, she's like, oh, man, what did I do? I'm so sad. I'm so sorry. And then, like, she sees he's banged Frankenfurter, and instantly she's like, huh, well, screw you then. I'm going to hop in there with him. Rocky. Yeah. And then, like, later on at the dinner, um, she gets scared when it's like, oh, we just ate meatloaf, literally. Uh, yeah. And she runs to Rocky, and then Frankenfurter gets pissed, runs up, he slaps her, and Brad does nothing. No, he's he just yeah. like, oh, he I'll just slap because my lady, Because at that point, okay. she deserved it, as far as Brad was concerned. <laughs> I don't, it's like, they're... Not as far I'm concerned. Like, no. The beginning of the film was like, they're so in love, and then we go so through, and they're like, helping each other, and they're kind of weird out, but he's like... I'm, I'm masculine I'm and I can yeah. help save you too. I don't care about you at all. Yeah. <laughs> We're both just done with each other now. <laughs> We're both just on the Frankenfurter train. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong um, with that. <laughs> but speaking of the music, because you guys were not here last week, and we have a tradition on our show where we talk about our diva song, which is our song that we just like <laughs> sing out the top of our lungs to from the show. So, starting with Alexis, because you seem super excited. Sweet transvestite, all the way through. Every time I'm in my car, people are just like, what the hell's going on? And I'm like, I'll just watch. Yeah, I, like, I, I do that karaoke sometimes. Like, I don't care. And it's always, like, in the worst Curry impression I can think of, because my British is not as good as his. But I just love the way he, like, said so good. Surprising <laughs> that Tim Curry's British accent is better than yours. Well, you know what I mean. Like, <laughs> Tim no, Curry's, I'm saying yeah. you don't, give, don't be so hard on yourself. His is going to be better. It's yeah, Tim Curry's simple. accent is like British and something else altogether. The Queen, as he said, yeah. Uh, James, what would be yours? I'd probably say either There's a Light okay. or the little thing at the end that Riff and Magenta sing. Oh, I the, never know the name of that song. I don't know what it's called, yeah. but like, it's, your mission is a failure. Mm-hmm. Like, that whole, like, like haha. It, I, I think it's you. still considered to be part of um, that whole last that number. That whole last number, the rose tip my world. Right, yeah. really like mm-hmm. Riff singing, like, throughout oh, the movie. So like, good. he's awesome. Yeah, his voice, how he could just, it's... like, get so crazy and high out of yeah. nowhere. Yeah. And Brad? Uh, well, thank <laughs> you. Uh, and for, you know, for me, obviously, at karaoke, I am going to sing uh, The Time Warp, and actually, it's my brother and wife song but the song that I probably in my head sing the most oddly enough is Roast Hit My World and I don't even know I just love the way she says at the beginning it was great when it all began and I'm like yeah I just wish I could sing like her I just like I I just like here I think about the movie and she tells the story I'm like yeah, that is what happens in the movie. It's true. You know, I just I don't have to watch. I just listen to that song. So that's the one I wish I had somewhere in me that I could sing. I it's think, not the nipples. I think. <laughs> uh, well, the nipples have a little. Okay, a lot right. to do with it. Just a lot to do with it. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. mine was Hoppatootie. Uh, uh, Hoppatootie is just so good. Um, I want to talk about why this film, now cult classic, talk about the failure of it because we have to. We have to talk about that this film. Bombed. But I didn't quite understand why it bombed. Was it just because it was just too weird for audiences, or maybe what? it was too weird? Um, it could be too that they were mostly unknown people. Maybe they had a little bit of clout, but they weren't. Yeah, I mean, even even Meatloaf wasn't known at this point. Yeah, like he, I, he was a few years later that uh, Bad Out of Hell came out. Yeah, I think I think that that has a lot to do with it. That, okay, you know, there's no stars in it. Yeah. Uh, if you were a fan of the stage version, you were probably like, oh yeah, I'd like to see that. But it's yeah. you know like. A, a film version that did work was Grease. Why? Because look at all the actors they put in. True. Yeah. And uh, they, Richard O'Brien didn't want to do that. If Mick Jagger had been in Rocky Horror Picture Show, it probably would have been, well... Done a little better. A little better. <laughs> I mean, it might have also just been... I mean, it's a very weird film. Like, I love that it's a weird film, but m- many people in 
are going to go that like mm-hmm. not knowing what to expect and see this and be like what did I just watch yeah. yeah I mean yeah but I feel like the reason why it's doing well now is because what we were talking about earlier about how it just brings everybody's weird and be acceptable for it and that every again that people can come at midnight to a theater dressed up in corsets and lipstick and everything and just kind of sing and be weird and yell at a TV screen. Plus, I think the closer to the 80s we got, the more accepted it was for men to look like women. I think it was ahead of its time, and, like, me and you were having this conversation earlier that, like, Dave Chappelle jokes about it when he would go to, like, Princess, or, like, uh, on a show about, like, Princess parties, where, like, the dudes that looked most like chicks were the ones getting all the chicks. (laughs) So, like, when this came out, that wasn't cool. And then when it became cool, it was like, oh, yeah, Rocky Horror. And then, like, I didn't know how it was marketed, but, like, as a kid, when, like, people would be like, oh, the Rocky Horror, I I thought of Rocky like with Stallone. <laughs> yeah. So like, um, yeah, like as a kid, I'd be like, "Oh, that's cool." And then you watch it, and you're like, "This is not." There's or, no like, if you think it's this. like, or you think well, it's gonna be a horror well. movie, and then it's not. It's like this weird musical. You're like, "What is this?" So I don't know if people went into it expecting something and got something totally different. <laughs> but I also like that the songs are also extremely catchy, even though yeah. there were weird themes to it. Yeah. I feel like anybody, as soon as you start singing the first couple lines of either Time Warp or Sweet Transvestite or Hot Patootie, people will sing along with you immediately now. I also think so. Rocky's one of those shows that maybe the first time you watch it and you're like, that was oh, weird. I don't know. But then it like creeps into you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like David Pumpkins, man. <laughs> oh, no. I okay. think that, together, no, we're not going in there. I, I think that, <laughs> uh, you know, with especially in 1975, so much of a movie success depended on word of mouth. And if yeah. you didn't know what this was and you sat and watched it, you're probably a, an average American isn't going to be like, oh, you know what you need to see is this movie where there's a guy, but he's, you know, and he's you explain it. Moment, yeah. And you're like, no, 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 no. Well, Susan Sarandon's in her bra the whole time. I don't know who that is. So, you know, I also, even that didn't help. I also think once the audience participation started happening, yes. that's when the show got huge. And a lot of people Because know. people want to interact with yeah. the show. Yeah. It's not a show you want to just watch. Like, we, I think we can all agree, like, it's much more fun to watch this film with other people when yeah. other people are into it than by yourself. And even just bringing new people, even though they're like, oh my god, this is the weirdest situation I've ever been in, by the end of the night, they're like, you know what, that was actually a lot of fun, I want to go, and I want to tell my friends about it. Or it was such a crazy experience, like, you have to see this kind of thing now. And a lot of people, not saying that they're like way older when this movie came out, but like they have... Uh, friends who might have kids that also might want to see it and then there's also a bunch of theater I think theater also blew up later on in life and people were like let's just go see it I think it'd be really cool yeah I mean theater was never really cool at least when I was a kid yeah and it's gotten it's gotten bigger now way bigger now I mean it was big like 40s 50s it was a huge yeah, of thing course. and then it kind of faded I mean theater kind of goes through these yeah, transitions mm-hmm. of popularity this is such like it's crazy that like you were shown this in school because this is really like such a good movie to show it to is. kids in school because it shows you like you're going through all these weird emotions and you don't know how to act and like you can be free and like not only on top of that like don't dream it be it yes like, and that's what she follow, that was her phrase and nobody your, understood that and like that. if you look at like Riff Raff and like the creator of this movie he probably got shot down so many times of like no I have this story I want to tell and it's probably like, no one's going to want to watch that but he followed his dream and was like no fucking don't dream it be it I'm going to do this and he did it and like this is like a timeless classic like everyone like can always watch this and it always gets broken out around Halloween it's mm-hmm. just so great Talking Forever. about films that Richard O'Brien made that no one wanted to make or wanted to see, uh, <laughs> there is a sequel, and they call it a se- that with quotes because it's really not a sequel. But Brad and Janet, Janet are in it, but not yeah. Susan Sarandon or Barry Boswick. No. Um, yeah. Isn't he the only Shock Treatment? No, Magenta's in okay. it, and Nell yeah. Campbell's in it as well. Shock Treatment is a supposed sequel. 
supposed that yeah. not only bombed but never did well. Ooh. Um, I actually haven't seen it. I've seen the trailer. You can, I think, the whole thing is online. You can watch it um, and let me know what you think about it. Uh, it seems like a very weird concept, and like he was trying to hold on to Rocky Horror very much. Just so. last week, I was talking to a friend of mine who he and I were both people that loved this movie. You know. 30 years ago, whatever it was, 25 years ago. And he's like, wait, you've never seen Shock Treatment? I'm like, no. He's like, oh, it's terrible. You should see it. I'm like, no, that's why I haven't <laughs> yeah, seen it. Everyone in, says it's terrible. I'm in the same boat yeah. with you. I don't want to taint Rocky by watching yeah. Shock Treatment. I don't treatment. think you will because it's so different. But yeah. at the same time, like, I, I watched it. I don't remember anything from it because it was, like, late at night. I probably fell asleep halfway through. But I think just, you know how, like, we're in that that kind of, like, culture where like oh man you know how terrible this movie is you have to watch it right it's one of those where you can sit with a bunch of friends and kind of make fun of it the entire time but at the same time if you're a true fan of rocky horror it's really hard to watch but nobody says like oh you like caddyshack you need to see caddyshack too because it's terrible. They made a second one? Yes, exactly. Because you know I'm right. Jackie Mason plays the Rodney Dangerfield part. What? Chevy Chase is in it for like five minutes. Oh, I feel like your friend though that said that to you, I feel like that's like when guys or girls are like, oh, this smells terrible. You should smell it. They're like, oh. Here, taste this. This made me want to throw up. Yeah, well, that's probably what it was. Isn't that from Forget Paris? Don't ever come up to me and be like, smell this. Does this smell well? So, yes, we have Shock Treatment. Of course, they just remade Rocky Horror in the <laughs> Fox remake. Um, if you want to see my thoughts on that, you can go watch it on AfterBuzz TV. Uh, I was nice. I'm so proud That's of all I can say. You. I'm so proud of her. I thought she was I'm glad I wasn't on that I didn't, show. I didn't you were see nice it. about it. Yeah. Uh, but if you, I haven't if you heard like the Fox good. remake, uh, I'm, I'm not hating on you at all. You're Again, like what the, you like. The actor who played Brad was <laughs> so good. All I can you say is if you haven't seen this film and you saw the Fox remake, please go watch this film and then make up your mind. That's all I'm going to say. You like what you like. Yeah. No, we're not going to hate that's anymore. that's not what I like. But and that's that's not, right. no, that is not and you can't I get mean. mad at us for that. No, but it gave me an excuse to watch the original movie again. Right? So in it a made way, you, it, it made you want yeah. to watch the original exactly. so much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I props think, to you for making me go back and rewatch. Yeah. I think the one thing I didn't like the most from like the live show was watching Tim Curry now. It's really hard yeah, to I lo- watch Yeah, I him. love him. I'm so glad he was included. And, yeah. you know, it's great uh, that he was in it. It just made me sad. It's not even, oh, they shouldn't have done it. No, it's just no, every no. time he talked, I'm like, oh, I'm so sad The only thing they shouldn't have done, in my opinion, is give him the assistant. Because that made it more apparent. That oh, that caused attention. Well, to yeah, how he wasn't. but I feel yeah. like, but I feel like, I don't know if he would have been. I mean, we don't know how far his condition is as at this point in time. I don't know if he was able or strong enough to move. Yeah, but we said that they stuff. could have done that. It, Rocky's so weird. You could just have like a it opening oh, the by book itself. open by itself. Okay, that makes sense. That I don't know. I the assistant bugged me. I wanted to get rid of her. She yeah. just kept screaming. Well, I liked how she was dancing on the table, though. I did appreciate that because <laughs> I missed it. So I don't know. <laughs> um, so going past this, and I. I think Christian, you're the only one that's ever seen on Broadway, but we do talk about once we've discussed both show and film, which we prefer to do we again, prefer the show I, or do I, we prefer I, the film. I talked about how I'm older than you know, I'm 40. That doesn't mean I saw you know the original state. I'm not quite that old, but yeah, I saw a revival of it in 2000, and it was great. It was so much fun to be there. And by the way, the version I went to, people were not talking back to the actors on the stage, which I, I wondered. wondered, I, wondered if, I wondered if that was going to happen. I wondered if on Broadway they would do. It. Yeah. No, I, I think, think it's no, no, no. no. Like I've, a, I've no, seen, no. I've seen, I've seen on stage, but it wasn't like a big production. Right. It was like a college production. Um, 
they only do it if you go to the picture show because it's only reserved for when the movie is playing. Right, which so. I, I think that makes sense. Yeah. I think when there's actually actors trying to do yeah, stuff. No, yeah, no. Apparently, See, it's I like saw a production where it was really actors rude. and they did talk back to it. Really? Yeah. And then the actors would talk back to the okay. audience. Well, that's good. And if it's interactive, that's fine. But I think there was most actually the time a great one uh, literally a year ago because it was right around Halloween. It was on BBC America. I'm sure if you dig around online, you can find it legally. Wink, wink. Um, <laughs> but it was, it was, it was a great stage version. It was a performance. They had a sort of a rotating all-star cast of narrators, Sweet. but the audience did uh, interact back. And the the guy who played Frankenfurter, who I actually forget who it was, but uh, he would actually you know kind of give it back a little bit when the yeah. audience would say some other things. So yeah. uh, it was fun. It was yeah. different. But at the end of the day, the picture show, the movie is definitely the definitive best version for mm-hmm. me. Yeah. Alexis? No, I, I always refer back to the picture show. It's something that I will show my kids, and I'm hoping my kids will do the same as time goes on, because it's just, I feel like it was just, it, to maybe to some people it's not a perfect film, but I really like the way that it just, it stands time. Like, it's awesome. Yeah, okay. it's so iconic. I've never seen it on Broadway. I've gone to, like, like when you would go see it at the Newark or whatever around mm-hmm. Hollywood, but... Yeah, I just like I'd be I'd love to and I can't imagine seeing Sebastian Bach it was play pretty riff. Weird, yeah. Like oh, there's a really wow. terrible bootleg of it, so you'd at least get a, a it's on YouTube. You can kinda you'll get what it sounded like. But uh yeah. Yes. And with um Crazy. with you guys, I prefer the film. Just I that's the first thing I saw, that's how I was mm-hmm. introduced to it. It's in my mind the perfect production of it. Like the yeah. nostalgia of it. Yeah. 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 Like I a, wonder if there are people watching who did see it on stage first and then later saw the movie. I'd be interested in talking to someone who saw it on stage yeah. first and yeah. like what do you prefer, you know, with it being in the magic audience of actually just looking <laughs> up and seeing it or, you know, then seeing the movie is better. I just wonder. Well, if you're out there and you've seen it, <laughs> Christian, you can follow him on Twitter <laughs> and talk to him. At Christian DMZ. Um, <laughs> And that's all the time we have for today, guys. Thank you so, so much for joining us. And um, you can always find us on Broadway Beatdown on Twitter. We have a Broadway Breakdown page on Facebook. Uh, we're on Google Play, SoundCloud, iTunes. You can rate, subscribe, leave us comments. We would love to hear from you guys. Uh, I'm your host. You can always find me, bphips 14 You already said yours. I'm still at Christian DMZ. That hasn't changed. <laughs> uh, follow me on Twitter at Jimbo in the booth. Uh, follow me all over social media at ATORES890. That's A-T-O-R-R-E-S-890. And next week we will be talking about Jersey Boys, the theater production. So join us for that. See you guys. From producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, Christian Harloff, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit popcorntalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Popcorn Talk Network or its owners or principals. Double feature, picture show.